Hey everybody, welcome to Born On This Day. Today is January the 7th. I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Marco Timpano. Together at last. Oh, yes indeed. Marco. Yes. How do you feel about bobbleheads? I'm not a big fan. Good, because I gave them all to our brother-in-law. Oh, wasn't that wise. Yeah, well... I guess you win some and you lose some. We'll see how that story ends, but today's story ends with it being National Bobblehead Day. Uh, National Bobblehead Day recognizes a day of celebration for all spring-connected head-bobbing figurines. In other words, all of those baseball games that you might have gone to, they tend to give out bobbleheads. Right. Um, or famous political people, maybe? The Pope. There's a famous Pope bobblehead. I don't understand the joy of a bobblehead? Neither do I. Okay, so maybe we just go right past. Listen, if you're a big bobblehead fan, bobblehead fan or bobble anything fan, let us know. Go to Born on This Day. Um, and uh, for now, why don't we just talk about some of the characteristics of people that uh, were born today? Were sure. born today, If yeah. you were born on January 7th, it is said that you have a sensitive vulnerable quality that endears you to others, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, they also have a strong spiritual nature as well as a social conscience. Well, Capricorns usually have a social conscience. True, so. true, true indeed. They are likely to experience a conflict between inner life needs and external responsibilities. Well, let's see if that's true for the people born today. And if it, if that's true for you who are listening, let us know. Okay, so Haley Bennett is our first birthday celebrant. Her latest film role, and I'm just going to say this, if you hear our chairs, we're on some antique chairs today, folks. Squeak, squeak. They were also born on January 7th in 1889, these chairs. Anyway, Haley Bennett's latest film role just premiered on Netflix. She plays the main character, Lin sister Lindsay, in the Ron Howard film, Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, though at the age of 32, she's already a veteran of many films, having made her debut in 2007 in the Drew Barrymore comedy Music and Lyrics. She's also played roles in Marley and Me, The Equalizer, The Girl on the Train, and the remake of The Magnificent Seven. And earlier this year, she co-starred with yesterday's birthday celebrant, Eliza Scanlon, in The Devil All the Time. She was born on this day in Fort Myers, Florida in 1988. He is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, but Nicholas Coppola changed his professional name to Nicholas Cage to avoid constant comparisons with his famous relatives. Did it work? I think so. To be honest, I have to say it did because I, you know, I'm younger. So as a sure. kid, I didn't realize there was any connection. Right. And I was quite a bit older. Um, I think I would have had more respect, though, knowing he was a Coppola. <laughs> well, maybe. But you know, it's funny because I'm sure even though he changed his name, mm. I'm sure it didn't hurt. that his Well, like Angela, there. Angela Voigt. Yeah. Angelina Voigt. Right. Angela Jolie Voigt. Right. Um, yeah. No, I don't think it hurts when you got some uh, famous blood. Fair enough. Well, he first gained notice in Valley Girl and Rumblefish, Amanda. Mm -hmm. He survived the critical lambasting he got on Peggy Sue Got Married. I didn't realize uh, that he was... Critics uh, didn't like him? Yeah, I didn't realize Well, that. he really played a very... I mean, he really... Here, here, Here's the thing. If you are an actor, a young actor, and people tell you just make a choice. Right. Or if you hear the words be strong and wrong. Right. His performance in Peggy Sue Got Married would certainly fall under that. Okay. Do you remember him in Peggy Sue Got Married? I don't, but I remember everybody loves Peggy Sue Got Married. I, I do love that movie, actually. I remember mm. loving that movie. But um, he has a really high, nasally, whiny voice. Okay. And he's like, Peggy! Like, he plays him almost congested and okay. whiny. And you to the point where you're like, why would she want to date this guy but 
Uh, anyways, he made his choices. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, listen, after that, he played one of his most beloved roles and the only role that I can really watch him in, mm. and that's in Moonstruck, opposite Cher in 1987. Haven't never seen it. You have seen it with no, me. No, we've never sat down and watched all of Moonstruck. There have been times where it's on TV and it's halfway through and you go, this film is so great. And I go, I've never seen it. And Amanda, then, snap out of it. We did see it together. No, we did it. We, we didn't... never saw the whole thing. Okay, well. No, we've jumped in and seen, I've seen the scene where they're like in a kitchen about five times. Okay. But that's it. All right. It's such a good film. Well, I'm going to just, I'm just going to be angry with you as Bill would, as if he, as if he was here right now. Mm-hmm. Well, his roles have ranged from eccentric to ridiculous, but no one can deny his total commitment to the career he has kept going for almost 40 years. Yeah. Among its peaks was his universally acclaimed performance in Leaving Las Vegas. Never saw it. Nope. Wasn't that with uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue? Shue? Yeah. Who I can't wait to see on... Okay, okay enough okay, about okay, Cobra okay, Kai. We're okay. not going to do you're a right, deep right. Pat Morita dive. That's fair enough. Okay, he won the best Oscar actor for that, or the best actor Oscar for it. He had a starring role in The Rock, which turned him into a box office draw, mm-hmm. and his odd but endearing turns in Face Off, Bangkok Dangerous, Kick-Ass, and Drive Angry. What's the one that we saw on the cruise ship and he's like a horseman that's a ghost? Ghost Rider, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that where he's like got a skeleton face? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I will say this. Apparently he got into real bad financial trouble. Right, he did, he, yes. He had a tax person or I, I'm not sure what it yeah. was. He didn't pay his taxes. Sure. In any event, it's why he had to do all those awful movies. Okay, well, he then did a great film called Adaptation, which was his second second Oscar nomination. Never saw it, Amanda, but people really I love, love that it. Adaptation. Oh, do you? I don't remember it. I just remember loving it. Right, and this year he will reprise his role in the sequel to the animated hit The Crudes. He was born on this day in Long Beach, California, in 1964. I mean, he's had a blessed life. I, I guess think, so. Consider. Jeremy Renner years uh, had years, anyways, as a supporting player in films like SWAT and Lords of Dogtown, which paid off when he played the lead role in Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker, earning him an Oscar nomination for Best Actor. The following year, he was nominated again for Ben Affleck's The Town and went on to appear in Mission Impossible 4, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, American Hustle, and Arrival. Plus, he took over the Bourne franchise in the Bourne Legacy and plays Hawkeye in the Marvel Avengers movies, which will soon be its own television series. He was born on this day in Modesto, California in 1971. Essie Davis played Rembrandt's wife, Katerina, in the 2003 drama Girl with the Pearl Earring. Did you ever see that? Uh, People talk about I it. I did see it, okay. but I, is his wife the girl with the pearl earring? No, I don't no, think so. No, isn't the girl with the pearl e- earring Scarlett Johansson? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Anyway, she coasted this Essie person also. It's been coast- a minute, as they say in LA. <laughs> yeah. She co starred in The Matrix Revolution and Baz Luhrmann's 2008 epic Australia. On television, she starred on Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries and episodes of Game of Thrones, or Games of Game of Thrones, rather. The White Princess, and in 2014, she starred in the cult horror hit The Babadook. She was born on this day in Hobart, Australia, in 1970. People love Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Oh, do they? Well, yeah, I was in Frankie Drake, which is a sort of it's not a Canadian version of that show, but there's many similarities. Right. And it often gets compared to Miss Fisher's okay. murder mysteries, yeah. but and from that, that's how I found out that people are 
madly in love with it. Okay. Well, Ruth Nega was nominated for a 2004 Laurence Olivier Theatre Award for Most Promising Newcomer for her performance in the play Duck, plus attracted special praise for her stage performance in Hamlet in Dublin, London, and New York, not only for portraying Ophelia, but also the male title role of Hamlet. On television, she starred on Personal Affairs, Secret State, Preacher, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. While on film, she earned an Oscar nomination for Best Actress in the 2016 film Loving. She has since appeared in James Gray's Ad Astra and Warcraft. She was born on this day in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, in 1982. Linda Kozlowski is a... Juilliard graduate with Broadway play experience. She played Mrs. or Miss Foresight in the revival of Death of a Salesman and repeated the role in the 1985 TV movie adaptation co-starring Dustin Hoffman. A year later, she made her film debut in Crocodile Dundee, which ended up being a surprise international hit that earned her a Golden Globe nomination and introduced her to co-star Paul Hogan, with whom she co-starred in the film's two sequels she ha- and um with whom she was married or she is oh, married yeah? for 24 years oh, yeah well. yeah she hasn't appeared in anything since 2001 saying she hasn't been offered anything worth doing that's the spirit yep and in 2014 she and mula hafif baba co-founded dream my destiny a bespoke moroccan tour company <laughs> She was born on this day in Fairfield, Connecticut in 1958. Well, maybe we go, to, that's how we go to Morocco. Maybe. During my destiny, you used to do bespoke tours to I most places. definitely did, yeah. So you know your way around a bespoke tour. I, I'm pretty good at that. Well, Liam Aiken was pretty good at being a busy child star in the late 90s, appearing in The Object of My Affection, the Julie Roberts, Susan Sarandon drama Stepmom. Remember that one? Yes, I and do. And the Kim Basinger epic I Dreamed of Africa. In 2004, he appeared in the first film version of Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, continuing to appear in films while taking time to attend New York University's Canbar Institute of Film and Television. Television, starring in Hal Hartley's Ned Rifle as a voice in the Emoji movie and on Broadway in Henrik Ibsen's A Dollhouse. Just to name a few, quite a career and he's not that old. He was born on this day in New York in 1990. Speaking of child stars, Amanda, Dustin Diamond was in fifth mm. grade when he first portrayed eighth grader Samuel Screech Powers. He was in fifth grade? Yeah. Wow. In the television series Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which later evolved into the youth phenomenon television show called Called Saved by the Bell. Like I said to you earlier today when we were watching a commercial for the reboot, didn't care then, don't care now. Fair enough. Well, he also had a side gig as a professional wrestler for an independent promotion in Wisconsin. Yeah, he still does, yeah. I don't know if that's considered professional wrestling, though. You think so? Well, what is considered professional wrestling? I thought like WWF is... Well, anyways, it doesn't matter. No, no, he's wrestled. Okay. I... Interviewed him. Oh, cool. Yeah. What was he like? Stupid. All right. Well, he also appeared <laughs> in Polly Shore is Dead, Dickie Roberts' former child star, and Joker's Wild. Set up the Dustin Diamond Foundation after the lost loss of his first child. Don't I feel nice now? Well, listen. The foundation helps to support organizations that care for children. He was born on this day in San Jose, California in 1977. No, he became a wrestler because he, he, he was doing something with his house, too. He lost his house. He got in a lot of financial trouble. He's had mm-hmm. a, you know... Like any child person, star, child yeah. star, he's he's had his share of bumps mm-hmm. along the road. Sure. Anyway, David Caruso starred on Hill Street Blues in the early 80s, appeared in the films China Girl, Twins, and Hudson Hawk before his role in the series NYPD Blue made him a household name, and he won a Golden Globe for it. 
He left the show after only one season to pursue a film career that didn't exactly work out. The films Kiss of Death and Jade were bombs, so his return to television with Michael Hayes didn't last, but he did find success again in 2002 when he starred on CSI Miami, which is still going strong, and stars him on season 10. Is he the guy that takes his sunglasses off? Is yeah, that him? That's okay, him, yeah. well. I mean, if, you, if you're going to act with your sunglasses, I don't think your films are going to do very well. But hey, go live your best life and, um, you know, put some sunscreen on. Anyway, he was born on this day in Forest Hills, New York in 1956. Ifan Khan was a skilled cricket player in his 20s who earned a scholarship to the National School of Acting in New Delhi in 1984. He began acting in Indian cinema in the 80s, playing a role in Mira Nair's Oscar-nominated Salam Bombay in 1988, appearing in the 1998 Canadian adaptation of Rohinton Mysteries' Such a Long Journey. He starred in Nahir's adaptation of The Namesake and the Michael Winterbottom film A Mighty Heart. Starred in the Oscar-winning film Amanda Slumdog Millionaire and on the series in treatment. Mm. He's probably best known outside of India for his role in Ang Lee's Life of Pi, plus appeared in Jurassic World and the 2013 film The Lunchbox. He often drew controversy in India for his outspoken criticisms of what we consider the country's tolerance for religious fundamentalism. And it might be why many of the films he starred in were shelved before completion or went unreleased after production, including a proposed proposed project on the love affair between Lady Edwina Mountbatten and India's first prime minister. I'm going to get this wrong. I'll do my best. Nehru. Nehru. Okay, great. Uh, To be directed by Joe Wright. Hmm. This past April, Khan's 95-year-old mother died and he was not able to attend funeral services because of COVID-19. Then four days later, he himself passed away of colon infections. This is terrible. I didn't know it was going to end like this. I know. He was only 53. He was born on this day in Jaipur, India in 1967. Oh, Oh, so tragic. And he was so good. And that would have been a great movie. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll get done and they'll... Yeah, but they'll... not with him. I know, I know. But that's well. an interesting story. I didn't know Edwina Mountbatten and Prime Minister uh, Jawar Halal Nehru had an affair. Wow, that's interesting. Well, Terry Moore was an ingenue in the late 40s who starred in the classic original version of Mighty Joe Young and later made a cameo in the 1998 remake. She was nominated for an Oscar for her role as Marie in Comeback Little Sheba in 1952. Such a good film, Amanda. And starred in Beneath the Twelve Mile Reef and Daddy Long Legs. By the... <laughs> by the night... Sorry. I'm just thinking of old SNL sketches when um, it would be like Frank Sinatra. Remember mm-hmm. it was like yeah. Frank Sinatra show? And they would just... All these stars from the 40s would say these ridiculous titles. Yep. And um, I'm sure they weren't ridiculous at the time. but No. They feel it to me. Anyway, by the 70s, she was in the news more than she was in films, asserting that actually she was the secret wife of late billionaire Howard Hughes. And in 1984, appeared in Playboy magazine at the age of 55, get some girl, and is still working at 91, still in Playboy, actually. Good for her. (laughs) Set to appear in two films next year. Maybe not. I mean, still in that issue of Playboy. Sure. From 1984. She was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1929. Vincent Gardenia was a stage and screen actor who won the Obie Award twice, Amanda. Oh. First in 1960 for Machinal, and again in 1969 for Passing Through from Exotic Places. In 1972, he won a Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Play for Prisoner on Second Avenue. 
On film, he was nominated for an Oscar twice mm. for the 1973 Robert De Niro film Bang the Drum Slowly and for playing Cher's father in the 1987 romantic classic Moonstruck. It's 12 degrees of Moonstruck today. It certainly is. He also starred in Death Wish 2, Ooh. Heaven Can Wait, Skin Deep, and finished his career on the series L.A. Law. Uh, and the Joe Pesci film, The Super. He was born on this day in Naples, Italy in 1920 and died in 1992 at the age of 72. And he was so great in Moonstruck. Yeah. Which you need to see. And yeah. And definitely deserved to be nominated for that. Well, William Peter Blatty wrote a series for Hollywood comedies in the 60s, uh, including Sh- A Shot in the Dark, What Did You Do in the War, Daddy? The Great Bank Robbery, and then conceived an idea for a horrific story that was inspired by his friendship and collaboration with Shirley MacLaine. He wrote it first as a novel, and it actually became a bestseller, but by the time the film version of The Exorcist was ready to shoot, MacLaine was just not available, and Ellen Burstyn instead played the lead. Wow. I didn't even know Ellen Burstyn was in The Exorcist. She plays the mother. Well, I assumed... Um, She's not the child that's spinning her head around. I don't understand how that was inspired by his friendship with Shirley MacLaine, the exorcist. I don't know. Okay, well. Well, she's into a lot of mystical things. So perhaps she she was talking to him about uh, demonic possession. Oh, God. Well, anyway, the film became the biggest all-time box office hit, which is crazy, and won Blatty an Oscar for Best Screenplay, leading to his then-taking-over direction of his next two films, The Ninth Configuration and The Exorcist 3. Is there no Exorcist 2? There is, but he didn't direct it. Okay. he was. I have so many questions about Mr. Blatty, but he was born on this day in New York in 1929, or 8, rather. He died in 2017 at the age of 89. Well, any question you have for him will be lost, since he's no longer it's alive. It's always nice to think about that. Okay, well, Alan Napier was, a co- was the cousin of Bill's favorite prime minister, Neville Chamberlain, <laughs> and studied at RADA, spending his formative years... Bill has years- Neville on his wall, I believe. <laughs> He spent his formative years as an actor with Oxford Repertory and from 1929 on the London stage. In 1939, you know, Amanda, I did an episode with Bill where all my people were from 19, the 1920s and 10s. Alan Napier immigrated to America. Bill and keeps their memory alive is what sure it is. Because if it was up to you and I, it would just be all the guest stars of Falcon Crest and a few like tennis players or yep. something. Uh, well, from 1924 on the London stage and then in 1939, Alan Napier immigrated to America and in the course of nearly five decades appeared in film and on television as noblemen, mm-hmm. manservants, and doctors. He appeared in the horror classic The Uninvited in 1945 and the Marlo Brandon version of Julius Caesar. But he's probably best known and loved for playing the very English butler Alfred Pennyworth on the original Batman series with Adam West. He was born on this day in Birmingham, Al- England Alabama. in 1903 <laughs> and died in 1988 at the age... Of 85. Amanda, on Batman, he seemed like he was 95. So I'm surprised he, he was only 85 when he <laughs> I died. I want to know what a manservant is versus a servant. Who's a man? Well, a manservant serves the men and is usually a man. Who oh, serves ser- the man? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, Jeff Richmond is a composer for television and film. Um, he's a friend of my friend Natalie and collaborated with her. Um, and uh, he's best known for his collaborations also with his wife. They all worked on Mean Girls together. Uh, his wife, Tina Fey. 
Aside from composing the theme music for her hit show 30 Rock, he scored the film Baby Mama and the show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, then moved up to producing both shows and directing a number of episodes as well. He has won three Emmy Awards for his work, and he was born on this day in Kilsyth, West Virginia in 1961. Uh, yeah, he um, he co-wrote Mean Girls, the cool. musical. Um and uh, it did pretty well, and is Great. doing well. And he's also he's a musical improviser by trade. So. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Clint Mansell is also a film composer, Amanda, nominated for a Golden Globe for *The Fountain*, one of the many films by Darren Aronofsky. He worked uh, on and with. Uh, he also composed the music for *Moon*, *Suspect Zero*, *Last Night*, and *High Rise*. He was born on this day in Coventry, England, in 1963. Katie Couric is one of the most accomplished journalists in American broadcasting history. She's a founder of Katie Couric Media, a multimedia news and production company. She's been a television host at all of the big three television networks in the United States, ABC, CBS, NBC. In her early career, she was an assignment editor as well for CNN. She's worked for NBC News from 1989 to 2006, CBS News from 2006 to 2011, and then ABC News from 2011 to 2014. Some of her most important presenting roles include co-host of Today, anchor of the CBS Evening News, and as a correspondent for 60 Minutes. Her 2011 book, The Best Advice I Ever Got, Lessons from Extraordinary Lies, was a New York Times bestseller. In 2004, Couric was inducted into the Television Hall of Fame. She currently hosts the podcast's Next Question, so we give her a little shout out here, and has produced a number of documentaries on important issues that catch her attention. She was born on this day in Arlington, Virginia in 1957, and uh, she's had quite a life. I know she's not for everyone. Mark, well, you're not really a fan of hers. Not really. No. Well, I, I am. I, I, well, I don't know that I, I don't know if she's for me, but, um, I think she's, uh, she's seen a lot and done a lot. And Listen, I think the best is yet to come with her. She's no Lisa LaFlamme. That's all I'm going to say. I'm a big <laughs> fan of hers. When Charles Adams was a young man, he was caught by police for breaking into a house on Dudley Avenue, Westfield, New Jersey. On the second floor of the garage behind the main house, there was a chalk drawing of a skeleton that is believed to have been drawn by Charles Adams. That house on Dudley and one and one on Elm Street is said to be the inspiration for the famous Adams Family House. <laughs> he began drawing in high school. His dream to have his art accepted by the New Yorker, which he began submitting as early as 1935. With his 1940 illustration Downhill Skier, he received an offer to come on board full-time for the New Yorker, a job he kept until his death in 1988 at the age of 76. Of course, his name became famous thanks to the 1960s television series based on his Adams Family characters and the more recent film versions beginning with a 1991 comedy hit. He was born on this day in Westfield, New Jersey in 1912. And that concludes our list of everybody today. Indeed. Some great composers, um, some newscasters, and half the cast of Moonstruck. That's right. Well, Amanda, I hope you had a great January 7th, and I hope you'll tune in tomorrow for more Born on This Day. I might. I'll think about it. 